This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Gonna go to us in the second round. <laughs> if we're lucky, oh, he's one oh six. Oh, hi, by the way, welcome to the uh, wel- welcome to the annual labor pre-show pre-draft uh, show here. As you can hear, we're talking about somebody. I, I wonder if the- I don't think you said the name, did you? You said he's gonna go to us in the second. No, I did not said? say his name. No, no, I know that's what I'm saying. You I just, just said, said he. he. I-, I wonder if people could figure out who that is. Ken Giles overdraft in the second round. Who's got the buzziest? <laughs> Buzziest buzz ever. Um, you know, for those of you that are new to this, uh, we are in the labor mixed draft on Tuesday, February 13th. And the past few years, we've been doing a pre-show where we talk about kind of our strategies, guys that we're targeting, things we want to do. And then obviously we post it after the draft. And then also on Tuesday during the draft, we record our thoughts and, hey, let's go here and F this guy. He took our guy, you know, that sort of reaction stuff. And we post that too. So the two things kind of work together. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to kind of talk through. We have the 14th pick. We're going to go around looking at the NFBC average draft position. Obviously, that's not, uh, you know, how the draft is automatically going to go. It's not a Bible, but it's a, it's a guide. And, you know, it's a smart room that we're going to be involved with. So th- they're going to be looking at it, too. Uh, I said put the cutoff date at, at February 1st. So we're kind of looking at some of the recent stuff to get an idea of what might be available to us. And I think with that 14th pick, we can really set ourselves up brilliantly. I actually kind of like this pick now that now that we've got it. I was hoping for a top four pick because you and I never get a top pick. Never. Like we, we don't get high eight, picks. Ninth is the highest we've ever had. Middle eight. Yep. Ninth was the highest. It was last year. We got ninth with uh, Turner. We were chastised. Good call, guys. Good one. The only thing that stopped that from being a brilliant pick Turner. was the injury. And, and nobody said injury was the problem, if you recall. It was not oh, he's going to get hurt. It was, oh, you can't take him in the first round, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we're, we're being petty, but I did think it was weird to crap on that pick. But anyway, you know what? What's done is done. Two years ago, two years ago, it was Correa. Last year, it was Trey Turner. And I'm scanning. The thing is, we don't have, like, the young kid overdraft this year. There's not really an option. You know what? We go back to the well with one of the ones we already had. Our boy Correa might make it back, dog. And by chalk, I'd say. I'm teling you, he's right there at 14, 13.85. Rounded up, it's 14. He could be right there. Would love that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Because even if somebody else loves that a little more, that means we get one of the pitchers. Exactly. Because you have to figure you have to figure the top 10 are going to be 
are going to be the top 10. I can't imagine Scherzer, Sale, or Kluber are going to jump because the top 10 just so – I mean, I think when we had this conversation last year, we were talking like, okay, the first four lock solid or, or like – then you're like, okay, now what? Um, then it gets wide open. Yeah, this year it's a lot open. tighter. Right. It's a deeper first round too. So it – and this draft doesn't take pitchers at the same rate that like an NFBC does because it's a different sort of situation. So I'm not sure we'll see all the four Uber studs go in the first round the way they are in NFBC Uber studs, meaning um, Kershaw, Scherzer, Sale, Kluber. So we should have one available. You know what I'm going to miss this year though? What I'm going to miss this year is we always have somebody to yell at when they steal our pick right before us or right after us. Um, and you know, that's and the you know, Zinke did it to us the one year. Howard Bender. And who's been, yeah, Fender's been getting us lately, but this year we've got Stefania Bell in front of us, and we have Doctor Roto behind us. Two very nice people that I I feel bad yelling at because no, I never feel bad yelling at Howard Bender no, ever. No. Uh, I absolutely don't. So I wish Van Riper yeah. was a little closer. I'd love to yell at him. Stefania's going to snake us though. That's the that that's the thing we have to yell at her because she is so nice and and kind and, and you know has she's great a hall of favor now. She's I'm a hall of favor as well. Uh, she's going to think that she's above reproach. But you know what? We're feminists, dog. We're equal opportunity. So we're coming at a woman the way we would a man. She's going to be like Goose Gossip today, <laughs> oh, criticizing God. everybody. Oh, God. It's weird that uh, he said something stupid. I'm so, I'm so surprised. You know, I usually right. find him so mild-mannered <laughs> and well-thought-out. <laughs> what a clown. Um, yeah, so we're going to be picking 14. I, I like the wheel. I'm pretty sure you do, too. We're, we're cool with it. Getting the two picks like that, I think, is always something that really helps us set up our strategy. And I'm really that- – and it it gives us a lot of time to talk in between too. That's why I do like about picking late is like we make our we we know what we're gonna do and uh, every now and then. I think there was one year where we did pick like 14th and we were I remember strategizing saying okay no he's already got this and this there's no way he's gonna take this guy so we'll go ahead and take this one and sure enough the guys were falling back to us so I like the strategy of picking towards the end because then all we gotta do is worry about Dr. Roto and, and what he's gonna double up exactly. with um, but then it gives us so much time in between picks to talk it through and say okay this is where we're at and it gives us a lot of time to live react <laughs> and then when people start taking who we want and uh We'll see where it goes. I'm excited. I'm glad. I, I, you know, transparency. I changed my flight so I can get home in time to do this live because I was bummed I was going to only be there for half of it. We'll do it live. F it. Yes. Um, F it. We're doing it live. No, I'm, I'm, I like picking here. I always do. I just, I kind of like getting the two picks really close. It's always something I feel comfortable with. I think it helps you enact more strategies. You don't have to let the draft come to you as much. You can attack it. And that's just a position I like to be in. So, I really think the, the, the easy setup is, is pitcher, hitter, hitter, pitcher. You know, I think we're going to end up with an ace and a stud bat because of the depth of the first round. There's going to be a Correa, Bryant, Vado, Machado on the hitter end, you know, Ramirez, and then one of the four aces. And we're going to get one of each, I think. I mean, it's going to be surprised. I'd be so surprised if the four pitchers went before we were gone. Like that would just blow my mind. That would mean we were getting two obscene hitters. So there's almost no way that even the, the lowest of the four lowest by the ADP mm-hmm. Kluber isn't there. there. There's just no way. And we love Kluber. We've loved him for years. So we're looking at like Kluber, Bryant, Kluber, Votto, again, Machado, Ramirez. I don't know how you feel about judge. I'm not so hyped on him, but I wouldn't, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing. I do think that even if he goes like, you know, 240, 35, like 
that's obviously a disappointment, but it's not the end of the world. I I think I prefer both of the Cleveland middle infielders more, along with Votto, Bryant, and Correa. Um, where do you feel? How do you feel about Machado? I can get a great read on on Machado. Like he he seems almost like he gets discounted for like being boring or whatever, but he's pretty damn good. And he's going to have shortstop, by the way. Yeah, that's it. I agree. He is getting discounted for for being boring, and uh, you know maybe he does get traded during the during the season if Baltimore falls out. Uh, if if somebody gives him an offer like a, you know, the, remember when Justin Smoke was really good prospect, the whole the fleet for Justin Smoke thing. You know, if something like that happens, Baltimore mm-hmm. should have traded him now because I don't care what the every year I know they overplay their projections, but ain't happening this year. Uh, this team exactly. Goes, this is a- Different scenario. I, I truly believe that, and maybe we'll eat our words again, but no, no, no. I just don't see it the same as past years. In fact, last year, um, you know, I finally learned after 10 times of the industry saying that they're going to be garbage. I was like, no, no, no they're going to hang around, and then they, they flop. They just don't have any pitching, and they already lost one of their big uh, bullpen arms. They should have traded him. I agree. An in-season trade can't really hurt. Right. I mean, the only thing it would do is send him to a better team where, where his context numbers should get better. So Machado is also a perfectly viable pick if Correa is not there. And if, you know, if we don't like Chris Bryant or whatever. Right. I'm just kind of stunned that Machado has a, a low pick of 26. I mean, I think he's boring, but I can't imagine him being a 26 pick, but it's happened. I'm looking at the, the high and low pick and, mm-hmm. and he's 26. Yeah, no, I'm that, with that's it's nuts. That seems bananas to me that somebody's getting him down there, and I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe it's the he doesn't run anymore. So, you know. Oh, okay. Sorry, I should say. I, of course, we know what it is. Last year he did have some struggles, but I think even a cursory look at the player profile shows some obvious. First off, the second half rebounded for Machado, so mm-hmm. that alone should hearten folks, even those that are worried about him, and say, "Hey, um, he was he was Machado esque." 290, 826 OPS, 15 yaks in the second half. You know, be lazy and double that, 3290. You know, no no one would be sweating on that at all. So I, I do think it's a situation where if, he, if he's our guy, like, that would be great. Pitcher and Machado, sign me up all day. But I also think, like I said, Correa, Kluber, Votto could be there too. So what – of that quartet, throw throw Machado back in there. What do, who do you like most? I, I think we have to go Vado in that uh, capacity because if we we don't, you may just walk out of the draft and just say you're on your own. I just might not talk to you ever again. Just might not. Yeah, but I mean, I'm uh, so I would love that. Justin, so would, it's you know I'm, I'm already have a little bit of a complex. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, obviously I would love to do that. Um, that I think that'd be great starter Vado. Um, assuming Correa isn't there again, I covet Correa if he, if he makes it, uh, or even KB, former MVP. But, um, I don't know that they're going to be there. So I'm looking like, I think Kluber Votto is kind of, it's kind of a situation that we're looking at. So let's move on a little bit because, uh, getting too focused on that is like, we can feel pretty comfortable about what's going to be available to us there. It really opens up after that. So our next pick after that is going to be 44. So let's bounce down in the ADP and we can look at a little bit at some of the guys above because, um, you know, some could fall, but you, you get too far up and you're like, that's going to be wish casting. So looking at it, um, Andrew Benintendi's at 42, Craig Kimbrell, 43, Marcelo Zuna, 47, Granky 49, uh, Justin Upton, 49 as well. We were on these numbers up. And they end up both being similar ADPs. Obviously they don't go at, at the same pick. We're just talking about averages. So right. In the in the Benintendi to let's say uh, Archer group, there, 
who who do you like as as a third pick, assuming we go starter stud? You know, um, man, this is tough because I like Robbie Ray quite a bit still. Um, I, I don't think he's as bad. he's not as good as he was last year. He's not as bad as he. I think it, he's he's closer to last year than he was two years ago. But I'm not. I can't discount two years ago. That still happened uh, with him. So. But then Jeff Zimmerman and I were talking about Chris Archer, and he put up the, his ERA projections by like four different sites, and talking about how widely, uh, how widely different they were. Uh, but they were all below four, and I made the comment, you know, it's pretty good projection oh. for him, given that he's been back to back four plus ERA years, and I maintain four hundred two, four hundred five. Yeah, and I maintain it's because it's how he's managed at the end of the game. Uh, you, you'll see me as soon as he. His first start of the season, Kevin Cash is going to leave him in too long. He's going to give up, put a guy or two on base or give up a late home run, or they're going to bring in the uh, the bad middle reliever because uh, it may be like 2-2. And because it's a tie game in the sixth, we got to bring in our middle reliever, and the guy's going to come in and give up a two-run double. And guess what? Those runs go to Archer. Uh, I want to sit down and run the numbers, but I'm convinced about three-quarters uh, three of a run is due to his him being mismanaged. And if they would really tra- take mm-hmm. him and say, look, I don't care if, if, if the pitch counts 102, if we're getting into the heart of the lineup a third time, he gone. Don't let him do it. And, and just try it out and see a little bit and see if that works because I'm convinced. I, I know he's got a, a time to the order penalty. You can go look at his numbers, and he's got a very high one. He had it last year. Uh, and that's really where I just think it comes down to management. And if the team, he's been talking, he is in cash, has been talking about, you know, they, they want to be more cognizant at times to the order penalty. They want to use bullpen. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of guys with options they can run up and down and do that kind of thing. Um, so I want to see him try to pull up this, this, this times two the or penalty on the splits tool, but it, it's bad. It was bad the last couple of years, and that's really been where it's, where it's killed him. Archer doesn't. Archer lacks the third pitch, the 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 um, reliable third pitch that definitely starts yeah. to get to him that third time through. And we were actually talking about this on the pod we, we recorded today. That's uh, folks are going to hear well before this because it's already it's going to be up um, with with Justin Mason and Nick Pollock from the pitcher list about how he gets those extra tack on runs later in games, whether he loses command of the slider or gets that third time through faces some lefties and those extra tack on runs. So it goes from a six innings, two runs to six and a third, four runs in a snap. And you look um, just by pitches, let alone t- I'll get the times through in a moment, but by pitches, pitches mm-hmm. 51 to 75, Chris Archer allows a 502 OPS. It goes 760, 125, 603 to 26 to 50, 502, 51 to 75, 947, 76 to 100. Like dude, dude's gassed around 80, 85, it looks like. And take third time through, 852 up from 594. So he's dominating the lineups the first two times through. This is Chris Archer right. we're talking about. That third time through comes around and crap hits the fan. The strikeouts tumble, the walks jump, the power really jumps. And, and we really see thing. Chris Archer well, fall Well, here's off. the thing with him. Like the last couple of years, um, you know, he's given up 100 and, 100 and 101 runs. And 30, you have 30 of those the third time through the order penalty um, in 16. You have 34 last year. He's given up 20 home runs in just under 110 innings that third time through the order. Last year, um, his, his triple slash third time through 299, 366, 46. 
just got pounded. Uh, and even if you take half of those runs, you know, got 28 earned runs, you had a 34 unearned, I mean, 34, um, 34 runs, 28 of them earned, you know, take away half of those or even like the, the six or seven, all of a sudden that four year is like a 370. Uh, you know, for him, it's not that he gets gas. What happens with him is you don't see it in the velocity. You see it in the command. And all of a sudden, he needs that. I mean, the, the slider is obviously the moneymaker, but it's the fastball where, where it, it's got the velocity, but it doesn't always have uh, – it doesn't get a lot of swings and misses for the fastball. I mean, he knows talks about some of the guys have the big swing and miss fastballs. Archer's not one of those guys. Uh, and so, but then he starts missing his spots because his mechanics get sloppy and that's where he starts getting ga- gassed out. He'll still hit 96, 97, but you'll see the catcher's glove start growing in, go, you know, start reaching out for that ball. And that's when he, and that's when he's having his problems. Or, you know, when he's down 2 0 in the count, he's not going to throw a slider most of the time that try to get back in that count. He's going to come with another fastball and uh, those different types of things. So for him, that's always, it's, you know, you don't want him to be five and dive, but he's not, he's not efficient. It's like, you, you've got to go one way or the other. It's like, do you want Archer to go deep in the games or do you want him to get strikeouts? Cause he's not going to be both guys. He can't. It's, it's either, you know, six in the door, um, or if you want him to go seven, then he's got to pull back and, and, and cut into a strikeout rate. But until we, until we get some more confidence in that changeup, uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, he, he puts it in his back pocket when he's uh, – sometimes it looks good, but as soon as he gives up a big hit off it, you don't see it the rest of the game. Ray, Archer, or Paxton? Paxton's t- – you know, you, I mean, you know how much I love Paxton, but I'll take Ray over Paxton because I can put Ray out there 180 innings, and Paxton's never what done a, that, ever. What, what, about, what about 30 picks later, though? Because Paxton goes in our next set of picks area more often than not um so we would have we we could get we could get him there as opposed to paying for a ray or archer that's why that's why i bring him up i'm not sure if we get an ace i almost think it's overkill to get our second guy with that third pick with the third fourth area there I agree. I mean, my problem, if I don't want Paxton to be, I can't have the first pitcher, the first guy we take, a guy that we can count on for 160 innings. No, no, no. I'm saying that we're going to have a 200 inning horse in the tank because our second, okay. our first or second pick is almost certainly going to be one of those aces. It does, I, I think it doesn't make any sense to not go with who's left of Sale Kluber. I, I don't know that it's going to be Max or Kershaw, so that's why I'm, I'm saying Sale Kluber specifically. So okay. we're going to have 200 in the bank with number one, and that's mm-hmm. why going with a Ray Archer and that 3-4 turn, uh, again, I think it's a little bit of overkill. I agree. And so then we look at guys like um, Benintendi's around there, but I, I think he's overdrafted. So like Ozuna – Justin Upton, Reese Hoskins, Starling Marte, uh, maybe a Craig Kimbrell. If it's going to be a second pitcher, it'd be a closer. Uh, yeah, but you know, the closer run will start happening in that. It's an uncertain pool. Once you get, you know, once like obviously uh, Jansen and Kimbrell are the top two, and then the, the uncertainty hits. Like I'm not averse to to Kimbrell there. It's not something I've done yet, but it's not a bad idea. And then. And then in our next grouping in the 74, 77 area, the starters around there are Paxton, Keuchel, Cole, or another uh, a different reliever. If we don't take a Kimbrel, you got Rivero, Osuna, D 
Diaz. Yeah, I would see. I when I think back, I, don't, I hate taking a closer early, but if I know that I, a Rivero is down there at that time, I'm all over that. I love Rivera. I just hate waiting around. Like you, you put that together. Is, is there enough of those guys that are still there? Yeah, there absolutely yeah, should you be get down to that in point. the 74, 77 round uh, area. That, there absolutely should be. In fact, Rivero's ADP is 84. So we would don't, we would be jumping him, but I think it would be wise to do that, especially if we're in a situation where we take two hitters at the 47, 44, 47 area. You know, we mm-hmm. go like a, like a J up. And a Hoskins, where we get a stability guy, and then a, and then more of a lottery ticket. Not a lottery ticket. That 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 overstates it. But there's risk with Hoskins. He has 50 games. Yes. And yep. ADP matches your games played. That is nerve wracking. So maybe like a Marte to get some speed in the mix, um, especially if we don't get speed out of that first pick, which we probably won't because it's a lot of power guys like Correa, Machado, uh, Bryant. What do you think about Wilson Contreras? Um. I've, 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 well, before, sorry to ask you a question and then answer something else, but I've kind of convinced myself that like Gary Sanchez, I, I can get behind it. We don't really have the pick for yeah, it. I, personally. I think we, I, I think it'd be too early, but I'm not against getting in on that upper tier of catcher because it is so thin. And I don't, but I don't know how I feel about Contreras. I've, I've sold myself on Sanchez in some instances, say if we picked 12, maybe 11, 12 or Posey, in some instances, but I, I don't know how I feel about Contreras. I'm very curious your thoughts. He's a 52 ADP, so we would be bumping him up a little bit if we went, say, Marcelo Zuna and Contreras or J-Up or uh, Marte, whoever, and then Contreras, we'd have a dominant C1, but what are your thoughts on Contreras? It's tough not to like him. I mean, we've got two years of work into it. Back-to-back ISOs over 200, very stable strikeout rate, very stable um, strike walk rate. Very stable um, you know, His numbers, just they're within – they almost look identical. Everything weighted on base average, 363, 362. I mean, he, this is an incredibly stable performance. Uh, now you're getting into third year. It's age 26, and the age 26 is not as important as that third full year in the major leagues. Where a lot of guys, that's why when they talk, talk about breakout, that's because of all the experience they've been able to get. Um, you got to like the ballpark, and I, yeah, I don't. I normally don't take catchers this high, but if he's if he's sitting there around that time, I, I'm not gonna. I have to think about it. Look at it. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's something we're open to. I mean, listen, let's let's just be honest. Let's let's uncover the uh, the the curtain here. What we've been doing hasn't been winning, so maybe taking a little <laughs> bit more of a different tack. Said factually correct. But I, I blame I blame our yeah, actually, roster management because I forget to do it. <laughs> I, I well, I definitely do too. Because even when I do do it, um, it hasn't been great. It's something we've been working on. I do think it's getting better. I think we were better this year. We made some good pickups. Um, I'm not sure that that some of the draft pieces didn't hold for us. But you know, we were we would not normally say Kimbrel Contreras here. Oh yeah, never. But what the. It hasn't been working. So if we went Correa, Sale, Kimbrel, Contreras, we've got now we have two pitchers and two hitters, but we we are we are low. We have a major edge at at the scarcest position on the diamond. Um, there isn't a lot of scarcity at shortstop, but it's it's hard not to believe that we would be atop the pool with a Correa, and then we'd have a super ace and a super closer. So we would be getting top of the line at four different spots. 
Well, maybe not to the top of the line. Contreras is obviously second, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Upper upper crust. It, and it's it's something we just have never done. And I'm just thinking maybe we go a little bit out. Think outside the bun. Okay. Stop stop eating your your Whataburger and think outside. Wait, I, never mind. I can't even say that with a straight face. Well, hey, hey, sure you can. Hey, I will tell you what. If for listeners, I, I went to a place called Freddy's Custard. I don't know if you've got them in Austin, but they're based out of Wichita, Kansas. Uh, I went to one in Durham, North Carolina, um, last week, like and it's like Whataburger. It's like Whataburger and Culver's had a love child. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were going to say some Whataburger's the number one. Okay, I thought you were going to say wackness about Freddy's was damn good. Freddy's was damn good. It's like it's number two. It's a strong. It's a strong number two starter Freddy's on my fast food menu. Food. I'm, oh, frozen custard. You said. Let me see this. Yes. Oh, you know what? We do, and there's actually okay. Um, Get the shoestring fries. It's it's it was solid, solid food. I was uh, there's one. Near I was me, super God. hungry, and it hit the spot. There is one near me now. This we are off track of what the hell we're talking. We're about. We're way off track. It, by the way, there. and you need to go to Gus's Fried Chicken next time you go to downtown Austin. Mm, now you're just making me hungry. Now see, but Gus's anyway. is from Memphis, and it goes to Atlanta. But that's where I ended up having lunch when you overslept. I overslept on you. I overslept on you. I wake up and you're like, hello. And I'm like, oh, God. I, I slept. <laughs> you know, it's bad when you don't even hear the alarm and it gets turned off because normally an alarm would just run, right? It was not snoozing. It was done. So your boy turned it off, didn't blink. Charlotte didn't say anything about it. She wanted to keep sleeping. I wake up two hours later. I'm like, dog, I'm so sorry. So my schedule has just flipped. And, but I was like, I had five hours ish. So I was like, that's going to be enough. I'll wake up. Now my body said, nah, you're done. You're done. Um, but anyway, so it would be out of the box from what we do. And it's not something that I'm like saying we have to do. I do think it's worth entertaining at the very least, though, I, I to agree. have upper crust at four different spots. Um, what I would consider the two rarest. Again, I know that the numbers by Zola and Zimmerman and all that are saying that don't get too hung up on shortstop scarcity. And I agree with it because mm-hmm. again, they've got the, they got the data to back it, but it, I'm never going to feel bad about getting shortstop. Um, assuming that Correa would fall to us, but even if it was Machado, we would still be upper crust. So then if we're looking at something like that, just, just going with it right now, we jump down to 74, 77 and the guys in that range, we're looking at, um, Shohei Otani, Eric Hosmer, Gene Segura, Roberto Osuna, James Paxton, Whit Merrifield, Keiko, Cole, Justin Turner, Domingo Santana, Xander Bogarts, Felipe Rivero. Now, here's the problem. Notice how so much of that is stuff yeah. that we would already have, which I guess makes it tough to execute that plan unless we bump guys up. Unless you feel good about bumping your boy Kane up, who currently has a 94 ADP, but that's with a ton of of free agent draft, like um, drafts where he's a free agent. He's not going to be 94. That's not his final resting spot. He's going to be top 75. And you're a one-time lover of Lorenzo Cain. Not that way, folks. Get your head out of the gutter. But you're one-time big, big fan. So maybe we bounce somebody like that up. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. I'll take Cain over McCutcheon, and McCutcheon is oh, 80. He is yeah. 80, right? And then, you know, if, if we're looking for another outfielder, then you got Domingo Santana at, at 72. And what's mm-hmm. the playing time look like there? Then you got Chris Davis, who I would expect to be gone by then, anyhow. Um, yeah. 
And Yelich would most certainly be gone by then. And yeah, that another one who's skyrocketing. What about when's our pick again? Seventy four and the forty. We have something in the forties. No, what's the oh, what's the pick we have before that? Seven. Man, I tell you what, I have no problem taking Yelich. I'm. I have no problem with it either. I have no problem taking Yelich up there. I really don't. No, in fact, when I was talking with um, with my NFPC partner, we surmised that that he would probably wind up near near up in fact i think justin and i surmised it as well that he would wind up near upton and marcelo zuna in that 44 area so we could go so rewinding a little bit maybe we don't take kimbrel because we do like this a is, lot of these th- yeah this is where you go this is where you go get rivera i mean here some numbers because i actually i wrote some nl central bold predictions um for a wire well what if we go yelich Contreras? then we jump down and we get rivero justin turner or Rivero, uh, Kane. You know, what if we take both new Brewers? You know, they're both awesome. They both have speed too. So it's like we're getting some decent speed. I mean, so I looked at it. And I said, you know, Yelich. One of every twenty fly balls hit at home became a home run. One of every thirteen did on the road. Uh, his fly ball rate has increased each of the previous three seasons. It's still low as shit, but that's because maybe he hit in a home ballpark. He's like, I. I I can't. I can't do that in a regular basis. Because let's not keep. Let's keep in mind your road plan either. That's hard to do to have two different approaches, home and road. Right. Well, and the other thing people don't forget, his natural swing is to the left center field. Go look at his switch chart. He does not hit home runs to the pull field. You know, and, and so now he's uh, his the uh, the left center the left center gap comes in about 14 feet. The right center gap comes in about 18 feet. So maybe if he wanted to start hitting some more fly balls, he could. I mean, we saw Alonzo and Morrison and Smoke do this last year. It's not like it takes a year and a half to start deciding, I'm going to go ahead and hit some more fly balls uh, in, in that ballpark. And with everything on the road, he's got the opportunity to do that. And so and with Milwaukee and the way they like to run, that could help him out too. He's got the nice home, uh, the nice road environments, 18 games total in Wrigley in Great American Small Park. I, I, I think, I think Yelich is a top 50 player this year, personally. I'm with you. Like I said, I don't think, I, I don't think he's going to stay at his uh, current ADP, which is 59 with a green arrow, you know, with a bullet, as they say. His min pick is 30 for Yelich. Um, hell. Crazy. We might, we should probably put it in pencil because if we get too hyped, they're going to turn around and mess with us and he's going to be gone by 44. But I do think that I am a thousand percent on board of taking him at 44, regardless of the first two picks we get. Yelich is our third pick. And then from there, we maybe look at Contreras, if not like a Marte. How do you feel about Marte, by the way? I mentioned him a couple of times. I haven't gotten your thoughts. I'm, I'm open because of the speed, but I just, I used to love him and maybe I'm not, I'm not holding some PED bias. Like I don't, I particularly don't really care. Like I care a little bit because he, the way he got caught Stan, I think it was Stan. Is it Victor Conti or Stan Conti? Victor. Victor Conti said that basically he was a dumbass for getting caught because the way, like the, what he takes, you should never be caught with based on the way you can cycle it. So that was just a little like, bro, if you're going to do it, like at least use your head. Like I'm not advocating, I'm not saying go out and everyone cheat, but like if you're going to do it, like, you know, maybe use your brain. So, uh, but what do you think of Starling Marte? I mean, I'm, I'm not even trying to be bold and bright. I almost, I like, I like Gregory Polanco better than I like Starling Marte this year, quite honestly. I love Polanco, but that we would not have to pay that price for Pol- Polanco would be available much later. No, we don't have to, but that's, that's kind of, I'm just trying to frame where I am with Marte. I'm, I'm, I would rather, 
reach a little for Polanco than have to end up with Marte. I'm kind of fading them out. So based on our picking, um, it's funny because I did this little draft exercise where I went through the ADP and you you, you pick the spot that you're going to draft in and you can only pick guys that are at that ADP or lower. So I did the 14 pick slot, not even in preparation for this draft. I was just doing a bunch of different spots and I was like, oh wait, I did a 14 and I took Polanco at 164. Um, his ADP has actually since gone up. So we might have to take him. We might, he might make it to us at 164, but if not, 137 would be our, our next pick before that. And his min pick, the earliest Gregory Polanco's gone is 132. So that would be, you know, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We still have our, um, what is his that? His min pick is 109. Seven, eight, nine. Um, did you, wait, what, 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 what? What date range did you do? I'm looking at February 1st. Through what? No, I'm looking at – I'm sorry. I'm looking at October 1st to February 1st. I should be looking at February 1st to today? To February 12th, yes. Okay, my bad. No problem. I will switch that. Um, so, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm with you there, by the way. I love Gregory Polanco. And um, I can't get the warm and fuzzies about Marte. So, yeah, I can't either. We do still need a plan around there, though. I guess, like, I keep coming back to Contreras because I'm not sure. What do you think about Buxton? If we want to get Chris List to say nice things about us, we could yeah, do that. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to is having him. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough to overlook what he did later in the season last year, but you know where my thoughts are about some pitching. What's that? What your thoughts about what? September pitchers. Of course. Well, it, the bulk of his work was in August, so I will say that, but it was against a light schedule. He did make alterations, though, too. I was ready to write Buxton's surge off to, uh, to a crummy schedule of a bunch of Detroit and KC garbage, but he made legitimate alter, alterations and held up through uh, through September, but it was the bulk of it was August. I'm looking at some article from January 12th by some guy named Paul Sporer. <laughs> It's got pictures and animations here. It looks pretty sweet. Wait, what What do you look Paul Sporer says, you know, I don't see a problem taking him in the late third, early fourth round, especially if you're determined it's your last chance to get him. See? That so guy, you should listen to that guy. Now, that guy's a clown, but sometimes clowns, you know, the old blind squirrel finds an acorn. I'm just saying, maybe. So, you know, again, where there's a lot of wide open things here, but I got like, I don't know. I don't know how you're feeling on these because. Um, there's a lot of different routes we could go. Contreras, Buxton, Encarnacion, Cruz. Cruz fills utility, though. Where are you on Famalima Ding Dong? Where am I on what? Famalima Ding Dong, Tommy Fam. Oh, uh, probably not as exciting as everybody else. How dare you? What comes up has got to come down. I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is. Well, I'm tell looking that, at tell his... that to Mike Trout. As if he's Mike Trout. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's 29-year-old breakout, but it is Cardinals Devil Magic. It is Cardinals Devil Magic, and it's most <sighs> – I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm looking around the guys, like, uh, above him, Carnacio and Cruz. I want both of those guys more. Below him, Rendon, Posey, Andrus, Yelich. I want all four of those guys more than I want Faye. I want Rendon there, actually. I just saw that. I've completely I've, – I've just thrown – I've just thrust Wilson Contreras out the window, and I now want Anthony Rendon. Sorry, Wilson. If we don't get Chris Bryant – by the way, because that that would be a third baseman. But if we need third base, I now want Anthony Rendon. Mm-hmm. Because now we go Yelich Rendon. So we go. This is also why I Dream hate World. Drafts. I want to go buy the guys I want. Right? You know? The Dream World is Contreras, 
or excuse me, Contreras. What the? Who, we threw him out the window. The work. I just threw him out the window. Dream World is Carrera, Correa, Sale, or Kluber. It doesn't really matter to me. So Dream World, I could take either or any. You know, if Scherzer falls for some reason. Uh, so Correa, Ace, Yelich, Rendon. Right, so getting back to the pitcher thing for a second. By chalk, they're eleven, twelve, thirteen. So you expect and you expect one of those to be uh, seventeen. Kluber's fourteen. Oh, there he is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Cl- I, at, I was looking at the other one earlier. I had it out of my head. I'm sorry. You're right. By chalk, we're actually getting Kluber, Votto, Kluber, Machado. By chalk, if we just say our actual pick number, which I'm fine with, by the way, because Machado is also going to be a shortstop. We have to put him in at third for the first week, but then, bada bing, bada boom, he'll be shortstop in a heartbeat. I got you. And we just get like a some guy that we can maneuver around. So, yeah, I think I think jumping down from the actual. So we have forty four, forty seven. Those are our two picks. I don't know that the guys at forty four and forty seven are like the ones that I love. But you jump down and you get in that Edwin, Rendon, Yelich. Right. I want two of those three. Edwin's a really good good call too because first base is deep. But it's deep with corners. It's not so deep with starting first baseman. Like you, you really start to tail off there, and it's like, like okay, you know, now there's a bunch of guys that are fine, but they're a lot more fine if you're taking them for corner, right? So i I think we might might heavily consider our boy Edwin, who you've backed. You know, you've you've been an Edwin stand for a minute, and he's done nothing to dissuade staying that way like he's i mean he's been every bit as good you know i I did my first baseman rankings and excuse me um i showed that he was every bit as good as reese during reese reese hoskins is run if you look at the two when when hoskins came up he matched him toe for toe toe for toe toe to toe i don't know talking is hard toe to toe toe to toe so you know a yelich edwin a Yelich Rendon, I think that's the route we go. So we're off that we're off that closer beat. Now we jump down. Rivero, I think, becomes the primary target for both of us with that next pick, 74-77. And then say we don't get Rendon, what if we get Justin Turner? I like Justin Turner. So all right, I'm actually gonna write these down. Hang on. <laughs> this all sounds great. We're all going to forget all of it. It's gonna be. It's it's gonna fall apart completely. But that's all right. So Yelich, okay, Edwin, or Rendon. But then we come down. We go Rivero, and then we go Turner. If we don't get Rendon, all right. Let's move on. Picks one hundred four, one hundred seven. Guy we opened the show with. Maybe now we start to look at that second pitcher, Barrios, Luis Castillo. Is it Castillo time? What about Castillo Puig with this duo? Pretty sexy. That'd be pretty freaking hot. Now Castillo's ADP is a little bit higher at ninety-seven, so he doesn't necessarily fit our pick. So we'd have to have a backup plan. Um, and the pitchers. Yeah, I don't think. I, honestly, I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, but. I'm sure there's going to be someone. Well, actually, I don't know for sure because not everyone that's in this room is going to be as aggressive on him. I've heard some of the some of the folks that are in here, you know, obviously it's industry league. They've talked out outwardly, whether on Twitter or on their 
pods or radio shows saying, eh, let's tap the brakes. So maybe, maybe, but that's dream world. That's dream world. Beyond that, you're looking at Tanaka, Barrios. I don't, I don't want Luke Weaver at that. I cost. don't either. Too expensive. I don't either. I mean, one of the things Tana- about Luke Weaver, the kind of what about Tanaka Barrios? I'm fine with any of those. Um, or Price. Uh, we already made it this far. Um, I'm now like- Price the least of that group. To be honest, the uh, the thing with Luke Weaver that that kind of scares me is that his strikeout rate was abnormally high for a guy whose swing strike rate was just below ten percent. I mean, he struck out like twenty eight percent of the guys he was he faced last year, and his strikeout rate was nine point seven. His swinging strike rate was nine point seven. That's abnormally high. When I looked, I I did a look at some of the numbers. It was the highest of anybody that had uh, a strikeout rate uh, of ten percent or lower. Oh, absolutely. And we talked a little bit about it on the pod. The, the the pitching pod with with Pollock and, and Mason, and one of the things that that Pollock suggested was uh, foul balls working in his favor, getting a lot of foul balls to get to get the two strike counts and then finishing them off that way. And you know he, it wasn't a flat out like this is why it was more of like a theory, which you know fits a decent narrative. But the problem on that is it can also work the other way; it can keep you in in counts. And, and beat you up because I countered with, okay, that, you know, that makes some sense. But whenever I watch for Justin Verlander struggle, it's because he gives up too many foul balls, keeps guys in it, keeps pumping 96 down the pipe, and they eventually right. lace it in the gap for a two run double, you know? And so I'm with, I'm, I'm out on Weaver at the cost. I love, I fell in love with Weaver at Arizona Fall League, and I really thought I was going to be kind of the high guy putting him at, I think I got him at like 48 or something. I'm the low guy, man. No, like everyone's jocking him and i'm just like well there goes that good thing i have him in one keeper league no like i said, like I said it's just when, when you're somebody's outperforming the peripherals like that um to do it back-to-back years is really tough and then now that i'm actually logged into the board now when i was looking at the i mean this was this was still rivero was picked 79th in our draft he was and by the way I take that back. Nine to seventy ninth. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. The other direction. So he was picked seventh. Yeah, fifteen teams. Yeah, eighty seventh is when Rivera went. Okay. So I mean, we're going to be jumping him a little bit, which I'm fine with. I'll take him at seventy seven all day. Right. I was thinking. I, mean, I have. I forgot who's in the labor draft with us, but I'm sure a few of the same names are in the in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I would absolutely take him. 10 picks higher than, than what, you know, than what his, uh, ADP was or where he was. Like I'm jumping him. Like ADP is just a guide. And for the record in this one, different, different room, but Scherzer, Sale, and Kluber were all gone by pick 16. Well, that's fine. We would have one of them. We picked 14. Yeah. Scherzer was the 14. Oh, that, that'd be Correa went, that, uh, that's fine. And uh, I think, I figure that's actually going to happen. That's, that's why I'm saying, Correa, Correa's dream world, and it, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm setting my sights on the Votto Bryant of the um, second round sort of stuff. I'm not, I'm not really thinking that that Correa is going to make it. That's a total dream world scenario. This room is not going to take pitching at the same rate that this ADP does. So, yeah, I fully agree there. And at that point, we would get what or or Scherzer, Jose Ramirez, if we emulated Carabao, right. Who's crying about that? Nobody. Or we could take Votto because he went the pick after. You know, I don't think either of us are bugging out on that. That's right. At all. Um, okay, so with this pick one oh seven, 
let's assume that we take one of those starters, Castillo, Tanaka, Barrios, Price. So now we have our ace, our Scherzer, Kluber, Sale to go with those one of those two and Rivero. So we have three pitchers, including a stud closer. At the pick 107, here's uh-huh. some name ideas. Yasiel Puig, Didi Gregorius, um, geez, <laughs> I just ran dry. Like I don't like any of these other names. Like I like Desmond, but I really thought there was going to be a bigger discount, and there's just not. Um, how do you feel about taking Acuna? I don't. Yeah, then I'm 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 fully with it to not do it. What pick spot are we looking um, at? I will. 107. Okay, I had to read ADP. Um, like, it's it's dry there outside of, like, what about Puig as the target? Yeah, I think that's that's where I'm at. I mean, the other thing I could think of is, um, you know, if we didn't if we didn't end up with shortstop, this wouldn't be a bad spot to grab Gregorius either. Yeah, and and, and it looks like we're probably not going to if if we're kind of using more of our of our draft champions board, which I think is smart because I, I – you know, there's a lot of the similar folks in here, like you mentioned, and and if it's not the same person, it's the same type of thinking where they're not necessarily going to be right. taking the starting pitchers right in the middle of the first round. It's going to be at the back end, so we're probably going to end up with Votto uh, or maybe Ramirez or um, you know, like a like a like a Machado. And Gregorius and Puig went four picks apart. So let's put let's put those two down as as our. They went 121 yeah. and 124. And I would I would be fine with either, to be honest. I love Marlon Gonzalez. I just I, – I think there's a backslide there. 28-year-old breakout. Um, I, I love too. the flexibility, but the positional flexibility can't offset the, my fear of a breakdown. Or not breakdown, like because that's suggests injury, but but have a backslide. Let's call it a backslide. Uh, okay, so let's jump down in another level here. 134, 137. And – Here's some of the guys that we're looking at in that range. Oh, Albies. How many pitchers? How many roster? This is what? What round is this now that we're this talking about the be... ninth round? Yes, the ninth round. And by now we have one starter and we have, we have, two, no, starters we have two starters and a, and a closer. closer. Yep. Okay. I think pick 134, if he's there, is Albies. Yeah, I just don't see him being there. Why not? Um, I just feel like he's going to reach. Go? Where'd he go in um, our time? I'm going to watch her. Second. Um, he went. LB's um, went. Out. This board is not the easiest damn thing to search. Yeah, it, I did. I found it. I took him. Uh, round eight. Pick oh, yeah. 120. There you go. So uh, I jumped him. So we don't really know where he would have gone because I was the one who jumped him. So. 107 feels too early with Puig and Gregorius. On the uh, yeah. So it'd be great if you lasted to 134. We could put that as the dream pick, but we got to look at other options around there and, and get our minds around probably getting one of those guys. I was asking, I was asking about pitchers only because I mean, that's by chalk. That's where Samarja sits. Yeah. And I'm kind of heavily invested. I, I, in my home league, I just traded Josh Bell for Samarja. I like So that. now I own Samarja in both of my NL leagues. Are you not wanting to get another share, or are you saying you would get another share? No, I I, I had one share. I think I traded for all. I think I traded for both shares in the last month, and now I'm talking about three going going forward again. Um, because when I, that's why I was asking about pitching because it kind of just jumped out at me. You don't um, have to sell me. Around. 
I would be. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about the other options because a lot of what we've already grabbed is here. Like, I don't want to grab Sean Doolittle. I don't want to take a second closer. They Um, could sign. We already have third base covered. Uh, Don't don't we have third base covered? We do. um, Theoretically, we have Turner or Rendon. I mean, so like Kyle Seager doesn't attract me. Sonny Gray. eh. I like Samarja better. I like Bennett. I mean, again, when in doubt, go with the National League guy. Here's one. What about Gaddis? So so okay. Here's the thing. The dreams. The dream freaking scenario would be Albie's and Shark. Yeah. Albie's probably a pipe dream. So let's erase that. So now we're looking at Shark. What about Gaddis to go with him? Since we didn't take, we're not taking Contreras. We're off that. With we're gonna put Yelich there. We took Gaddis. I think we reached for Gaddis last year. I remember having him. Um, I'm having a tough time overlooking Trevor Bauer and Greg Bird down here too. Okay, I can get behind on. The, I can get behind those. I'm gonna be trying to push you on some of the guys I like. I can be flexible on some guys that maybe aren't my favorite. I like I like Bird. Bauer's a. I'm having a tough time. I mean, I really like what I saw in the second half and Bird. I mean, it's the, that lineup, that ballpark. Well, wait, if we get Shark, would we then yeah. get Bauer as well? No, because one, one or the other. Okay, one I'm, or the other. I, I was want to double up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what about the pick after that, which is one thirty-seven? Because our all our picks are together. Would we then be looking at Bird? This is assuming we don't get Ren, uh, Edwin, or do we fill in our corner? I don't mind filling in the corner. Um, deep, I mean, how about, what, which hitters have we had? Which hitters do we have right now? Uh, we have Votto. Oh shit! Yeah. I forgot we have Votto, um, so we wouldn't take Edwin. Well. We also, it could be Machado as well, so there's a lot of options there. But um, we have Votto, Yelich, Rendon. Uh, then we probably wouldn't take Turner. So it could, it, the right. mapping gets difficult. Uh, the only thing so far is I, I, I see a very slow team. Yeah, I know because we're passing on some of that early speed because we don't really like it, though. I mean, I'm fi- yeah, I'm fine with, fine with getting – I'm fine with, you know – Fading steals a bit, but not completely oh. punting it. Like in that, under that lens, Manny Margot here makes a lot of oh, sense. You don't even have to tell me twice on Margot, dog. I love that's that's just one. I'm, that's what I'm, look, I'm thinking as we look for them. Like, all right, we've got we've got a softball team. Here. Well, unless um, we get Albies, unless we get Albies at one thirty four. Right. right. I, I just um, as we're as we're talking through, it's just something I, I don't want to overlook and and get slow. I mean, if, in my in my my particular team. Um, the league you and I are in, and that's I've got Turner and Springer and Andrews as three of my first four picks, and then I started drafting a softball team from then on because I knew, I'd, well, if, I, knew I was good to go. Um, so just I want to think about if we get the guys we want. Like I, I would go Albie's Margot here yeah. in a second if Albie's fell, and then we really attack speed with two picks right away. Because I'm with you, we can't let it go too long. Like I don't want to be trying to trade for speed; it's a pain in the butt. I don't want. I don't want to put ourselves in a position where we have to trade. If if something comes up, have to trade with Fred. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Fred. Fred won't rip us. We know that. We'll get a fair deal. Yeah, but we'll, it'll it'll hurt because that's how you make a good trade. It has to hurt a little bit, or else it's not. You're not doing right. a fair trade. So, no, I, I'm I'm with you on Margot a million percent. Shark Margot is probably what we we're looking at, and so then we have Yelich and Margot that are getting some speed. Let me jump back up here real quick. What about okay? Since we did start looking at like Edwin Rendon Turner, and you even like you like Bird here in this one thirty seven area. What if with that second pick, we don't necessarily go Vado Machado, but maybe look at like a Lindor? 
Do you prefer Lindor or Ramirez? Uh, Lindor. Yeah, I prefer him a little bit too because I think there's more total speed. Okay. So I'm, put, I'm just putting the options down. And this way we can reference it tomorrow where we have multiple options and everything. We'll be like, oh, hey, we were looking at this, this, this. Uh, okay, so let's keep moving on. Cause I, we no. probably won't go through the whole draft here. We'll probably cut cap it at round 14, which is two, pick 200. Um, so let's go to 64, 164, 167. And look who's here. Gregory Polanco. Yay. Just pencil that in as our desire. Pretty much. Obviously. I mean, we, have this we would then have Yelich, Puig, Margot, Polanco. So four. That'd That's be fine. our fourth outfielder in the eleventh round. I'm not I'm not averse to that at all. Then we wait for that fifth one for quite mm-hmm. a while. And then with our next pick, the guys right around him are Ramos, Beef, Salazar. John Gray. Would we have our second Carlos catcher? Santana. See, Carlos Santana. I we don't we don't have a man, first catcher. Yeah, like uh, we don't we we have not had a catcher by then. No, because we're not taking Contreras or Gaddis. And well, then I'm all over beef here. Okay, I'm in. Um, but like the Carlos Santana, I, I I think he's being his ADP is criminally low. I told my I mean, criminally low. I mean, I grabbed him in the what I grabbed him in our draft board. Um, I took him in the thirteenth round, and that's we would get him in the twelfth. So I took him at one eighty. We would get him right in. Yeah, this is so we I would get him right in between our twelfth pick and our thirteenth. Which yeah, I'm I'm all in there. And by the way, that goes to my point about Bird. Like, just wait and take Santana. I don't know how that's not better. Right. And um, what's your latest on Carpenter? Has, has anything changed there? Because I've been advocating people be careful with him based on your recommendation of the. Uh, of of being leery of the shoulder has anything yeah i i have not heard any news to change my opinion i didn't think so so um because i I just want i i'm not citing him specifically but i wanted to cite and this is not anti-bird it's more pro the depth but you got eric thames you got josh bell you got carpenter if you did feel good about him you got eugenio suarez ryan healy this is in terms of corner and so folks understand and so folks understand I mean this is my long term personal bias on, on taking on taking guys that have shoulder issues. Now that I've had three shoulder surgeries myself, uh one on the left, two on the right. But you know, those things don't tend to get better on their own and, and he was I mean, the carpenter said something about like he felt like a knife in his shoulder every time, but he never had surgery to re- to repair it. And so let's see what happens. You know, let's see what happens in the spring. But, I mean, there's a reason why he has a range in his ADP, 40 drafts this month, high of 129, low of 214. That's a substantial I have, range. I, I, have not entertained, I have not entertained the thought of drafting him. But right now his range is like that of Charlie Morton. You can come up with a ton of Charlie Morton question yes. marks. But even uh, getting back to our Carlos Santana part, 110 on the high end, 226 in the low end. How the hell is he last I, night? You know, I, I, guess, give you that I guess folks miss the point that he's in Philly. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't so know why Carlos Santana is getting that punished, but I'll take Santana all day yes. long. I mean, he's at 168 ADP and, and, and he's going 10 spots ahead of Carpenter. And I personally feel that he's going to finish like 30 spots ahead of Carpenter. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Like we are in a lockstep there, right? When you said he's criminally underrated. Um, again, that's more of, uh, 
shy away from Bird because of Santana, not because of anything Bird's doing. I just think Bird's too high because of what's available later. So, um, okay, so we're looking at like Polanco, Beef, Santana, a couple other names in this uh, 167 area that I want to get test your water, test the waters on with you. Uh, Chase Anderson no. and Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards. I mean, I know I said earlier when the doubt go with the NL guy, um, but. In this case, I want to go with the AL guy. I want to go with Garrett Richards. Uh, I that Angels defense is going to be really fun, and that's definitely so that's good. definitely going to be a difference maker here for Richards as long as he can stay on the mound. I fully agree. You know I love Garrett Richards, and there's no. I like Garrett Richards. I like him. But when you add Zach Cozart to that equation, you've got Ian Angel Kinsler. Simmons, Ian Kinsler. That infield defense is going to be really, really good. It really freaking is. Um, where are you on Austin Barnes? Uh, I'm I'm indifferent. He's too high. Like I love him, but they haven't gotten rid of Grandall. Frankly, I'd rather take Grandall at his cost. Like this, yeah. is, this. By the way, this is like a lesson in you know lo- love the guys that you that you love, but like be reasonable too. Because like I was touting. Barnes in the playoffs, like after every at bat, I was like, God, I love this guy. I love this guy. I couldn't wait to get him. Couldn't wait to get him. Well, I'm not alone at all. And, um, excuse me, but his ADP is up to 181. And, and by the way, when I was psyched on him, this was back in October, November, when I thought that Grandal would get moved. Well, they haven't moved him. So, yes, Barnes can get some time at second base, but a top 200 pick for a guy who's like going to be a partial catcher, partial backup second baseman. I don't know. It's not great. I got him 196 in the uh, Arizona fall league draft. Again, that was back in November when I thought, Hey, he's, you know, the, the, the door is going to be open for him. Well, it's partially open. So I don't know. Just wanted to test your, test the water there with you. And I, I'm with you. I, I, you're indifferent. I just think it's a little too high. So I think we probably, not do something like that. So um, I think we got enough names here at the 64, 67 mark. Let's jump down to 194, 197 and look at some folks down there. Um, For a second closer. Yuck. Yeah, it's, it's not great. For a second closer. Michael Conforto is the one that like, nah, hi, I see you. Already out. Uh, I mean, um, out, out till May. I, I just, I, I'm so terrified. Oh, I missed that right? No, no. If, okay, I missed that part. Yeah, he's out till May with that shoulder. Have, have we taken that second closer yet? No, so that's what I was thinking. Maybe like Hello, Blake Trinan. Herrera Trinan. Hello, Blake. Yep. Hello, Blake. I like Balake for sure. His stuff is so nasty, dude. If he figures it out, he's he's right-handed Britain. And I know that's a big if. Like you can't just throw that out and it's going to happen, but that that's what it is if he figures mm-hmm. it out. In fact, Eno, back in the day when he was first pumping Trinan, comped his sinker to Britain's. So right. Trinan, okay, if Trinan's not there, what do you think about um, Herrera um, and Brock? Now that, speaking of Britain, he's going to be taking over for Britain. What do you think about those two? Those are the only other two that are going within range. And uh, Andrew Miller, who's not a closer. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of that, that bottom of that tier. I almost take Herrera because we have to. So I go, I go Trinan Herrera. I like. I, and, I mean, there's nothing. The, there's nothing wrong because it'd be both these guys yeah, getting back to because this is all about the former co-host on this show. But you know, the when um, he wrote 
you know, wrote his article about the A's and why the projection systems may be wrong. He talked about like the low run environment and why, mm-hmm. you know, why it doesn't take much to go to be a 75 win team or an 85 win team. You're playing so many close games. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I was always taking Alex Colomay and couldn't recommend him enough uh, back in 16 or even last year because he was going cheap leagues. Everybody's like, oh, whatever the Rays, they aren't going to win. But they play in a lot of close games, which means he's going to get used. And that's why he had the most, I think he had the most same chances over the last couple of years. And I, I you know, with Herrera, it's the same kind of thing here too, is it's going to be a different run environment for the Royals uh, with all the guys they've lost. And most of them probably aren't coming back except for Alcides Escobar. I mean, that's high run environment city right there but you watch know, out man he, they should be playing in a lot of close games and th- that to me i mean forget that it's nice to get a closer on a team that's winning a ton of games but if they're winning those games eight to three it sucks if they're winning these games four to three five to two four to one three to one that's the fun stuff and that's why i'm hoping either one of of trinan or or herrera are still here when we pick same i want one of those two i think herrera is going to bounce back too Maybe I'm projecting, um, you know, my my own excitement from him la- last year onto this year, but I still think he's got nasty stuff. And relievers are so volatile; that's what makes them scary, but that's what also makes them good bounce back bets if they have the stuff and he has the stuff. Trinan's the number one, Herrera being the number two. Now from there, um, Jorge Polanco, uh, Kevin Gossman. You talk about some speed, Peraza and Zimmerman. Or Zimmer, excuse me. Um, it's not a great bunch here. Is there a universe where we take Trinan and Herrera? Man. And we and we have three closers. We run it up, and then we trade one of them in it's, June. The only other name in this bunch that kind of – I'm like, hey, like Kenta Maeda, uh, I like down here. Obviously, you know, Santana, we got to throw away down, but – I mean, there's Maeda, there's Lamette down at, down at 209, 210, basically. And that's kind of got I, him with only two pitches. Yeah. What do you think about Jorge Blanco? You got any love for him, former prospect who had a big, big second half? I'm indifferent. I'm, I'm not huge on it. Yeah, I got, I got some love for him. But I don't, I don't have a problem taking two closes to the available. I mean, Dylan Bundy's also there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you are a Bundy backer, yes? Right. What'd you find when you wrote him up? You'd already talked about it on the show, we but did. if you want to refresh for folks, but they need to read your piece on Rotowire. They really should. Get back to the slide. Start throwing the slider as much as you possibly can. A ton, a ton, and it worked really well. All right, let's let's uh, let's let's do one more set here at, at fifteen sixteen because it's two twenty four, two twenty seven, and uh, then we'll wrap it up here. So we jump down there, and you got guys like Clevenger, Cozart. Michael Taylor, Michael Waka, Lynn, Dahl, Hicks, Franco. Let me ask you one guy, Corey Dickerson. Now, Corey Dickerson's ADP is 221, so he's above our, our pick. But I can constantly see him fall. Why, why do you think he's falling so much? Because not only did he hit for the power, yeah, the, the mid-20s power is not hard to find, but he did batting average with it. Why is nobody in on Corey Dickerson? Because he was so bad in the second half. I mean, he was, a lot of his stuff was front-loaded, but that said, that's when – well, then they also screwed around with the lineup and they took him out of the leadoff spot. I mean, he was, when he was hitting leadoff, and you know, this is something you've probably seen uh, at Sandy Casimir, and I talk about it on Twitter. It's and he he's got some nice infographics. I know he listens, so Jay, if you're listening, throw up the graphics uh, when you hear the podcast. But you know, it's it's a matter of 
when he was in the leadoff spot, he was able to hunt for fastballs because nobody's pitching junk to leadoff hitter. So he can come up early, tomahawk, you know, sabotage, go ahead and get out there on that stuff. Then they moved him down the lineup, and it changed the types of pitches he was seeing. Uh, you know, he really was more pressing. You know, you look at some of the numbers; it just he, the, the at bats look different. And I, he he particularly struggled in the two slot. He dropped over a hundred points yeah. from first to second, going eight fifty eight OPS to seven forty nine. He did find success in the six hole, so maybe it's a similar thing where the fastballs came back. But in that two spot, you know, uh, just thinking about the first at bat of the game, they get a bunch of fastballs out to the first guy, then they start testing out the breakers on the second guy. And he was getting a lot of that. Maybe that was tripping Corey Dickerson up because again he dropped a hundred and eleven or one hundred and nine points of OBP or excuse me of uh, OPS from the first to the second spot, and that seemed to really trip him up. And just put him right back in that spot. He was he was getting on base, getting you know getting over on second base, hitting a home run. Yeah, you here comes a run. But you know he was able to he was generating runs from that leadoff spot, and you look at the look at the way that roster is constructed now, and I think over at Roster Resource the projection span on whatever you want to call it uh, at leadoff that's gross. Yes, and that's gross. Kevin Kiermaier's not a leadoff hitter either, uh, and if you're if they're going to put span there, then why just put Dickerson? Because they got Dickerson hitting cleanup right now, and I don't. You know, it's it's just it's a weird looking lineup, honestly. I mean, because if you if you put Spain down at the bottom, that's going to give you like a, a, a he's going to hit like seventh because uh, they got to find room for Echeverria because they they offered him arbitration and drove me crazy. Um, second base is right now. Second base is like Joey Wendell because they're talking about Brad Miller at first base because they haven't signed anybody. I mean, I, I, if they're doing this to keep the spot warm for Jake mm-hmm. Bowers, which intrigues me. You know, that that's kind of cool if they're doing that, if they're not going to go out and get that veteran yeah. um, to plug it. And that's what you use Brad Miller. And then maybe they, they move Miller at that point. Um, but it seems like I mean, Jake Bowers would, should be up by June uh, once they get through the arbitration time. So you got as you time in AAA. You know, same thing with uh, same thing with uh, Adamas. Yeah. Um, but that's they're paying actually a decent chunk of yeah, money uh, there, too. But, yeah, they could do Adamas a second base. Um, by the way, Corey Dickerson had the uh, the 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 notorious uh, drop mm-hmm. your OPS every single month: ten fifteen, nine seventy five, eight twenty seven, seven zero one, six ninety nine, five ninety six. Not great, Bob. Not great. But but I don't know, man. I st- I still like him. I really do. I still like Corey Dickerson because I've always thought that he has power with batting average, and it wasn't just Colorado. And he had one transition year. Uh, where he was injured and you know figuring it back out in 2016, and then last year he was good and he slimmed down. He was more athletic, and I know he had the the skid. You know, it started hot with the 12 homers in the first two months and the big OBPs, or uh, well, they were good OBPs, but big OPSs, and then skidded down from there. But I don't know. I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen again this year. And when you start getting into the 220s, is not so bad. So. Um, it would depend what our outfield makeup looks like at that point. Cause you know, Michael Taylor's going down there as well. You know, I love Waka, um, Aaron Hicks, uh, Marcus Simeon in terms of like a middle, get another little, little boost of speed as well. And then the aforementioned Yasmani Grandal going at 236. Maybe he's our second catcher and we go beef Grandal and we don't have to overspend, but we're, we're still ahead of the pack. There's not going to be many people that have a better combo than a beef Grandal combo, you know? What round we're talking about? That would be round 16 for Grandal after taking. Grandal went 15 um, in our in our other league. Okay, well we could take him at 15 because we haven't really settled on anybody at the 15 spot anyway. Um, so what kind of? He, open- here's the funny thing: he went he went two spots before 
he went 12th in that round. And then Michael Taylor went in the 14th spot. I was going to say, what, what do you think about Taylor, by the way, for another speed boost? I've always I've liked him since, since his prospect days, and I know we got off to a rough start, and then he then he was doing well again. Um, yeah, for the speed purpose, I like. Him. What about your boy Faria? Not my boy. I just meant from from your team. From your team, really isn't. Yeah, from my team, but I mean, I just I, I think he's I guess an SP three, and and for a real baseball team, for a fantasy team, I think he's a low SP four. Okay. I mean, it's just it's well, just the um, I'd like him. I just don't. I don't know. I, I, I like him, but he's not somebody I'm like, ooh, excited. He is, like, I see him because I, I want to say when I was looking at that uh, particular part, where'd he go? There was a couple of other um, – I mean, of that range of the guys going around him. Yeah, there's Teron, Giolito, Porcello. I like him more than the other yeah. guys around him. Yeah, for sure. I'm a little intrigued by Giolito on that post hype, though. He, he, he showed some things last year. That's going to be a bad, 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 bad baseball team, though. For sure. Um, Well, how good do you think the Rays are going to be? I'm just kidding. I actually think they're going to be halfway deep. So they're going to win more games than the White Sox. By the way, I got a $20 $20 bet. I got a $20 bet with Craig that Mitch Moreland's going to hit more home runs than Matt Davidson this year. He's been bugging me to draft Matt Davidson for five rounds now. Oh, you've got – you've got – you've got Moreland – yeah, I drafted Moreland. Um, I took Moreland. Ooh, that'll be interesting. I took Moreland in round thirty-two, and because he's been bugging me to he's been bugging me to take Matt Davidson since the twenty-sixth round, maybe twenty-fifth round. And I've taken Brad Miller, Erasmus Ramirez, Brandon Nimmo, Ivan Nova, Jared Dyson, um, Logan Forsyth, Juan Nicasio, Mitch Moreland, and Homer Bailey in protest. <laughs> So, and Davidson just now I got a twenty dollar now I got a twenty dollar bet that Moreland's going to hit more home runs than Davidson. That'll be an interesting one because they I I think they'll both be pushing in the twenties there, and I think what could really get you Moreland hits like twenty something every year. I, yeah, to me, Matt Davidson, I, he doesn't make enough. I mean, he makes so little contact, and I don't I don't know if he I don't even know if he's in. I expect him to I expect him to hit home runs in Charlotte this year. Unless he's out of options, can he count? Yeah, I'll go see count. him play at my, I'll go see him play at a BB&T Park. I think he might be out of options. So he's been around for a while, and he's going to be twenty seven. So he did hit twenty six last year, but with a two twenty average. So I don't think you're out of bounds with that bet. No, it was yeah, it's <laughs> but he's going to play every. No, anyway, point, uh, he's going to play every day, and that's tough to argue with because it's not like they have a lot of options. right Exactly, now. and Moreland's not necessarily going to. Um, but yeah, this recording is getting scratchy as hell. Zencaster is the worst recording device ever. So they're not I would recommend sponsored. nobody. Um, they will never sponsor it's anything. It is a horrible product. I cannot believe I pay for this. It is uh, absolutely horrific. Is, you, you have a bad product. You need to fix it. I've contacted y'all before. You've been little to no help. And you anger me greatly. Um, so yeah, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, we're going to try, we're going to be live tomorrow. It looks like Jason, or excuse me, looks like Justin's going to be able to record. That will take a you, hell of a lot of, uh, anger off my plate. Yes. Thank you, Danielle. Um, cause then, yeah, I don't have to worry about, cause what, ha- what happens here is I now have to like go align. It's off track completely. So I talk. And then when you talk, there's this big gap. And if I just leave it, then by the time I, it'll catch up and I'll be r- running over you with my answer. And then, and then it'll have a big silence and then your answer will come and then my answer will run it over. And it, it is, it is awful. And, it, and again, the worst thing is I pay for this service. 
please kill me. And I thought maybe it was like, well, maybe it's Jason's home internet. You're not even at home. It's not. It's not your home internet. And so it just it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I like I like what we mapped out here. Obviously gonna talk more tomorrow. Um we'll probably get on a little bit before and start hammering out a little bit more detailed things. I'll send this list over to you. Look it over, get a little more concrete thoughts. I feel like I got you a little hemming and hawing on some of these. I want to get a little bit more firm thoughts on where you're at. So uh, I'll send over this list of, of names we talked about. Yes, yes. Kind of let me know where you're at. And we will uh, we'll put together a winner. I th- I'm feeling it, Jason. We got, we, got, we got it this year. We got it. We're going to have a good draft. We're going to have a good draft. But then in season, we're going to be ready. I, here's the thing. I think we were a lot better in season last year. We really were. It's still our it's still our weak suit, but we both committed to being better in season in all our leagues. And yeah, except for the guy who cut Blake Snell after his last last loss, and I'm like, I'm done. F, I can't do this anymore. And then I missed out on all of his best baseball, and it cost me second place in town. I would have finished second easily. Instead, I finished half a point in third, half a point behind second. And that's remarkably frustrating. Yes, but it's better than inaction. And that was, I think, our big problem was that we were both inactive at times. We were skipping weeks or missing weeks on on our leagues, our tout and our labor or our home league here and there. And it's like well, we kept assuming the other person did. We're like, oh shoot, and, yeah. we forgot. So I built it in yeah. the routine. We'll have it. We'll have it unlocked this year. I'm excited. This 14 spot's going to be nice. We're going to open up Ace Big Bat. We're going to get Yelich. I think those three is. I, I think that's actually going to work. I, I don't know that Yelich is going. When where did he go in our draft? Last thing before we go, where, where did he go in our draft? Here, let me look. Yelich went. He went like right after he was traded. He went in the fourth round. He went in the fourth round. So, well, he'll be there. For, he obviously, be there in the 44. third round, we're going to deal with him. So, we're going to take him in the third round. So, we're going to go Ace, Big Bat, Yelich. And then from there, we're posting this the Wednesday. Right? Oyster. So, Jason, <laughs> we will talk tomorrow. We'll post this Wednesday with the with the in-draft one too so people can listen to them it'll be two separate episodes but they can listen to them back to back and be like oh those idiots didn't execute on anything they, they oh, yeah yellow went 49th oh yeah so we can get him at 40 yeah, we have two picks before 49 44 47 so we'll be gucci yeah. we'll be perfect but uh we will talk tomorrow and uh and have a good evening yep you too bud <laughs>